Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Okay, since it's Father's Day, we have to have, have, have a couple of dad jokes, right? So... Knock, knock. Boo. You don't have to cry. It's just a joke. Why was the uh, raven kicked out of the bar? Because it was a crowbar. Good night, everybody. Oh, man, what a day. You know, I love... Confirmation Sunday. Absolutely love Confirmation Sunday. You know, uh, Jonelle was out, and I'm thankful for Debbie Cox and Mariana for filling in and everything because they had a lot to fill in because um, we changed a whole bunch of stuff on them at the last minute. I walked in once, and uh, on, on Monday, Debbie was right on it. She was printing off bulletins. So, wait, 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 I'm changing the sermon. And uh, so I, I changed everything, and then I realized on Thursday that we forgot to uh, change the uh, e-news that went out by email. If you haven't, or if you're not on that list and you would like to, there's a, a sign up on the webpage. If you look for a newsletter, go to fumcroycity.live and you can sign up. But we were supposed to be finishing up our series Blindside, and we were talking about emptiness. And after last week, I thought. We really kind of tied everything up, I thought, last week, and I thought, you know, talking about emptiness while we're celebrating our confirmands, we're celebrating Father's Day, I really didn't want to do that. But since it was in the bulletin, here's the short little snippet for what I, what I would say, the, the, the condensed version of the 25, 30-minute sermon I would have given last, for, for today, that... Um, emptiness is something that we do, it's easy for us to do, because we want to fill our lives with a whole bunch of things, with money, with tasks, with stuff. Even sometimes we fill our lives with family and it feels like we're empty. We're emptying ourselves out over and over again. That there's only one thing that can fill us. And that's the love that ha- we get received from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we strive for that. You know, I think I used this in one of my previous sermons. You know, Seek ye first God's kingdom and everything else will be added to you. Now, if we seek God first, then everything else comes. We don't need to fill our lives with a bunch of stuff. Definitely candy bars, guys. Make sure you take care of, you know, be careful with those. But, you know, we make sure that we seek God in all that we do. So that's, that's the empty sermon in a short little snippet. Today I wanted to talk about uh, confirmation. I love this day because it gives us an opportunity to really look at what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? How, how do we activate that in our lives? So that becomes who we are. Because ladies, I have bad news for you. It ain't over. Confirmation is just the beginning. You are now full members of our church. And there's a lot of responsibility with that. 
that you continue to grow. You, you continue to be faithful in, in what God has called on you to do. And, and that's just not just for our confirmants. That's for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. You continue to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You may be Richard Davis. He is still growing as a disciple of Christ. You may be Bill Forbish. You're still growing as a disciple of Christ. You may be Angela Manick. You are still growing as a disciple of Christ. And the joy and the honor of growing as a disciple of Christ means that God is not done with you yet. And that God continues to give you what you need to live fully as his disciple. So would you please go to God in prayer with me? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of confirmation. We thank you for the gift of those men and women who have helped guide us and lead us on our journey of faith. But Lord, most of all, we give thanks to you. Thank you for the love that you have poured out on each and every one of us. And so, Lord, we ask at this time that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture for today I thought was a perfect scripture to talk about confirmation and to talk about how we continue to move forward in our faith. Because if we take a look at our scripture this morning, there is a, a, a quick easy, simple answer, but then if you look deeper into that passage, it gives a little bit more detailed, more nuanced ways of how we live out our faith. So I invite you to, to take a look at, at our scripture this morning and see if you can hear the simple answer, but also to see if you can see how there is a more nuanced level that Paul gives us. Our scripture is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles or with the words printed on the screen. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So did you hear the, the easy part? The easy part was right there at the beginning of our passage. We looked there at, at, at chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Paul starts, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. 
my friends, sometimes it's easy for us just to take a look at this first snippet of Scripture and say, that's all I need, I'm done. When we, when we take a look at justification, when we receive what God has given us through, through Christ dying and rising again, it's easy for us to say, you know, that's all we need. We don't have to worry about anything else. We don't have to, to move forward in our faith. But because we have accepted this gift of justification, we're good. We're fine. That's just like saying through confirmation, when we just accept the fact that we are now a full member of the church, we don't have anything else to do. But God calls us to move forward in our faith. God calls us to, to take this moment of justification or take this moment of membership in the church as a starting point. There's another translation of, of Scripture that in instead of talking about gaining access, it says that this justification is an introduction to our life in Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, and throughout college and through my, uh, my master's degree, and even in, in high school, I took a lot of introductory classes. But those introductory classes weren't the end point. The introductory classes was that they were that class that we took in order so we could take other classes. So I took the introduction to elementary music when I was a music ed major. But the reason why I took that introduction to elementary music was so then I could take the advanced classes. Or if you take introduction to theology, it wasn't just so I was done with uh, theology, although some people may think that I was done after an introductory class in theology. But then I moved on to a systematic theology or a liberation theology class or other types of theology so that I may make the education that I have more grand or more knowledgeable so that I can continue to grow as a pastor. And my friends, that's what we do as disciples. We are called through this, this introductory phase into faith, through the justification that we have so that we can then continue to grow through all of our lives. I wish I had all the answers. It would make life a whole lot easier if I could say this is why this has happened or this is why these people believe this way or, or this is why that. I don't. But what I do know, that thanks be to the love and grace of Jesus Christ, I continue to learn. I continue to grow. I continue to, to build up my faith so that I am strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> John Wesley would, would talk about faith and talk about grace in, in a specific way. He talked about how there are, are, are three phases, if you will, and they all kind of work simultaneously together, but you can place them separately. You may have heard me talk about provenient grace and justifying grace and sanctifying grace. Provenient grace is that grace that we receive before we even know who God is. That, that grace that calls us and beckons us to, to experience who God is. And that leads us to justification that we receive when Christ died on the cross for our sins and was raised again so we may have life 
and life everlasting. That leads us to sanctification. And as Wesley would like to say, we, we move on towards perfection. So we continue to move forward so we can understand the Holy Spirit moving and working in our lives. One of the ways that Wesley would talk about grace and he would talk about how we move in our faith, he would use an example of a house. And where I grew up, we had some beautiful, big Victorian homes, and and they have these beautiful porches in front that would just invite you to come and, and be a part of what is going on in that house. And Wesley said, well, the porch would be kind of like God's provenient grace. It's something that would pique your interest to come and, and experience the house. And in that moment where you walk through the door, that's like the justification where you accept the invitation to, to come into this new life that's in front of you. And that when you are invited into a house, you just don't stand there in the door jam and go, Okay, I've arrived. No, you walk fully into the house, and you, and you get to explore. You get to see all of the amazing things that are around you. See, that is what the life of Christ is. It isn't just saying you may stand at the door and, and look and see what's in front of you, but the life of Christ invites you to walk through the door to experience the different aspects of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It, it invites you to a life that helps you to continue to grow, helps you to continue to learn, to, to have this life become a part of who you are. Not so that you keep it to yourself, but as I say over and over again, that the faith that we receive is a faith that we go out and we share to others. See, I think sometimes when we stop at the door of justification, when we, when we stop at just this, I have received Christ and we don't move fully into sanctification, that is where the second part of our scripture comes in. That when we just stand at the door of justification, when hard times comes, we start to cave. And we start to collapse thinking, there's no way that God is for me because if God was for me, then this wouldn't happen. But Paul says it in a different way as he continues in verse 3. He says, not only so about hope, we also glory in our sufferings. What? Why in the world would we want to glory in our sufferings? Paul continues, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance then produces character, and then character produces hope. <clears throat> My friends, this is where the rubber meets the road in our faith. When we move through, the, move through justification and we start to grow and continue to grow in our faith, we are then given the opportunity to see how a life in Christ then affects the world around us. And my friends, there is a lot of suffering in this world. And I'd be honest to say that there are a lot of us who have gone through suffering in our own 
lives. And it's not that God wants us to suffer. God wants to, to move us through that suffering so that we may have the life that God has fully intended for us. You know, one of the things that Tracy and I like to do as, as we are going to bed, we spend time in prayer. And we pray for the church. We pray for uh, different people that we know that are going through difficult times. We pray for our kids. We pray for our, our grandson. And, and it's something that I absolutely love to do. But I will tell you, there are times in my life where we go to bed and I look at Trace and I say, how about we do a quick prayer tonight? And that quick prayer basically ends up with, God, please pray for all the people that we've been praying for. Help us have a good night's sleep. Help us to wake up in the morning. Amen. And I realize that we say that prayer when times are the roughest. When, when we really don't want to lean into the grace that God has given us. And maybe, and Tracy heard me say this early service, so I'm probably going to pay for it. Maybe when we have these difficult times, that's when we need to really spend time in prayer. Really to allow God to wash over the prayers that we have and spend time really thinking and thanking God. Not for the suffering that we have in our lives, but thanking God that he is in the midst of that suffering. And through that suffering, he is building up in us perseverance so that we can take the next step. So we can move forward in the next day. So we can continue to move through these dark and difficult times. So then our character is affected. So we can bring, be more loving, more caring, more compassionate, more uh, filled with God's spirit. So that in all that we do, finally the hope of Christ comes through all of our lives because that, that is the promise that we hold on to. And all that we do, and, and Paul finishes that up right here in verse 5, he says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, verse 5, that, that holds everything together, doesn't it? Hope. Hope is what we have as followers of Jesus Christ to help us move forward. And I know hope, hope sometimes gets a bad rap because we think of hope as just kind of this wishful thinking that things are going to be fine or we hope that one day we get a new car or we, we hope that one day we get something better than what we have already. But no, that's not the hope we have in Jesus Christ. That hope that we have in Jesus Christ is a hope that life itself is reflected by the love and grace of Jesus Christ so that when people look at us, they see Christ. When people look at us, they see this, this love, this grace, this, this compassion that only comes because the light of Christ has flooded into us. So how do we continue to grow in our faith? Well, we grow in our faith by looking at how God 
has gifted each and every one of us. We grow in our faith knowing that since God has given us a specific gift, we use that gift to be a blessing to others. A senior pastor that I had uh, a few years ago would always stand up and she would use these words when she talked about becoming a member of the church. She said, you know, God has given each and every one of you who are sitting in this sanctuary a gift. And, and when you do not share that gift with the church, there is a part of the church missing. When you don't share your gift, and when you think, oh, well, I'm, I'm done, I, I don't have to do anything else, or, or maybe I need to be focused on something else, that gift that God has given you is missed out, and we aren't as full of a church as God intended us to be. And whenever I say full of a church, I'm not talking about numbers, but I'm talking about the specific and unique place that God has, has planted you to allow us to be fully and richly immersed in the power and grace that God has given each one of us. And that leads us to our spiritual practices for this week. If you, hopefully you have a bulletin insert. If not, I know there's probably some extra around the door. It's just for you to take a moment to, to see how you can lean into the gifting that God has given you. Some of you may not have even done a spiritual gift inventory. And this isn't one of those, those Reddit um, quizzes that you might take online. This gives you an opportunity to see where you are gifted, where God may be calling you to be in service to one another. There's a, there's a link that's on the sheet that I've given you, and if you're connected to our Facebook page, this will be posted up there later, so all you have to do is just click on the link and, and go to it. But take an opportunity to see where God has gifted you. And then here comes the kicker. You have to use it. You have to find a place to use the gifts that God has given you. And, and you experiment by doing that. You say, well, I'll, I'll try this one time. You know, I had, it's kind of amazing, this morning I've had three people walk up to me today and say, you know what, I think I would love to go and teach youth Sunday school. Believe me, I wrote their names down so I can call on them later. But, you know, they're experimenting. They're saying, we'll see if this sticks. You know, I know one of the things I've heard a lot of complaints, we, we've taken the um, little worship sheets out that talk about the order of service, and I've heard some complaints that people don't like that. Well, we did that because it's kind of that practice. We've tried something. We threw it up against a wall to see if it stuck. It hasn't stuck, so they'll be back next week. But that's how you do with your spiritual gifts. You, you throw it up on the wall. You see if, you, if it sticks. You see if it's something you want to continue to do. And then you continue to do it. And you do that by listening. Listening to the people around you to see if this is what you are called to do. And then the good news is that if it's not, then try something else. 
change it up. Try to see if something else is where God is calling you to do. But the most important thing out of all of that is that you keep serving. You keep using the gifts that God has given you to to see how you can continue to advance the kingdom of God. I am thankful that I was able to celebrate my third confirmation class this year. And I love seeing them continue to grow in faith as as they participate in youth group, as they, they do mission activities, as they participate in different places within the sanctuary or in Wesley Hall. Because it is a reminder to me that they're new in their faith. They're new as members of the church, and they're just trying to see how they can fit in. Could you imagine what it would look like if we had all of the disciples of Royce City First United Methodist Church leaning into the gifts that God has given each and every one of us? It could be congregational care. It could be being a part of our welcoming ministries. It could be teaching another class, or it could be starting something new that we don't even know exists yet. But there could be a passion. There could be a ministry that God is laying on your heart that we can offer to the community around us so that we can invite more people in and be strengthened by the gifts that they bring. My hope and my prayer is as we get ready to move into my fourth appointed year here, that this next year becomes a year where we all discover our gifts and we dig into them and use them so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ to transform each other, to transform our community, and to transform our world. Let us pray. Oh, God. You have given us so many ways that we can share your love with others. We thank you for the many gifts that we have. And as we take the opportunity to share our gifts for others, guide us and strengthen us. Help us to be examples for our new confirmands, for our youth, and for those who are coming to be a part of our church, that we are about a life of service and a life full of your love and your grace. And so, Lord, we lift this up in your name. Amen.